yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Week four is in the books, and guess what? We no longer have two teams with no victories under that belt, under their belt. You know what I'm talking about. I might still be sitting comfortably in ninth place, but our first win for Jackie Daytona lands in week four against Jeff Thomas. What a victory. We're gonna be celebrating all night long on a Tuesday. I don't even care. We're gonna go crazy all day today. Uh, welcome into the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's obviously a wonderful, the weather turned nice again, too. We've had, like, 50-degree weather. We're up to 70. I think the fantasy gods were like, that's enough of that. Let's get him back on track. I think we need to start leveling everything out. 2020 hasn't been a good year. Let's just fix it today as much as we can. Let's just try to do that. So, uh, again, welcome into the podcast. I am your commissioner, uh, Mr. Zurich, uh, which is what I would prefer to be called from now on as Mr. Zurich. I would like the respect that I deserve. Hey, my position ranking didn't change at all. I'm still sitting in ninth place, uh, but I will take the win. You can you can document that. We're not going to send that anywhere else. Um, one in three, baby. One in three. Um, we do have a good show for you today. Andy is going to be joining us later in the podcast for a segment uh, where he's going to be joining in on about half of the teams where we're going to go over team studs and duds. Uh, we had some fun with it. He's he's joining via phone, so the quality is uh, a little bit different than what you're hearing right now. But hey, I mean, at least we're we're able to have guests at a time like this. So um, let's recap the week as uh, intended. You already know what my results were, but we'll get to that. We're gonna get to that. Uh, sorry about it, Jeff. We're gonna get to that. Um, it looks like Jake takes down Wakanda forever, turns himself into sixth place uh, from seventh place. Uh, I'm sorry, puts himself in 6th place and Andy falls to 7th. We've got Shaquille O'Peel who falls all the way down to 8th place. 1-3 record. Hey, I know a guy that's got a 1-3 record and I actually think he's a good guy so I, I don't think it's a bad spot to be in that 1-3 that record there. Um, then we've got Galen's Gents who's now 2-2. Two two, puts up 149 points this week. Um, that's, uh, I don't know, I thought... Well, let me let me crack a beer here because uh, why not? It's after it's one o'clock. It's one o'clock in the afternoon, so I think it's beer time here. Um, we've got uh, Camper Dude, who moves all the way up to second place. Mick is in second, everybody. He is in second in the regular season with a three and one record, and takes down Blood Brothers to boot. Blood Brothers falls zero and four, our only zero and four team. Uh, I I wouldn't know what it would be like not to have a victory under my belt at this point. So what a shame. Hey. Remember that matchup of the week that I said to look out for in week four? Well, it happened, and it was a good one because Ryan came back down to earth like we had hoped that was going to happen and did not score 100 points. Um, and I don't think that it was because of injury. I think it was just a dud. Calvin Ridley puts up a big old goose egg last night for some weird, strange reason. Look, you can't score touchdowns every week. It doesn't happen. But I didn't think that Calvin Ridley would do absolutely nothing in a game where they were going to be trailing, and they were. Um, so Brett moves himself into third place. Ryan stays very comfortably in first place. And then uh, the matchup that obviously is near and dear to my heart is Jackie Daytona versus Hans Molman. Um, I think I hit my projection, like literally hit my projection maybe point. 27 away from what it was supposed to be. So scoring 132 points to 97, Hans Molman goes down to Jackie Daytona. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I know we've talked about this, but just the, the feelings are flying high here. So week three is in the books. Current standings, uh, Pontiac Bandits is in first, Camper Dude second, uh, and then we've got Telkinesis Kyle, which is Brett in third, Hans Molman in fourth, Galus Jens in fifth, and then we've got This Is a Year in 6th, Kind of Forever in 7th, Shaquille O'Peel in 8th, Mercury Deformer in 9th. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to clear my throat. And then Blood Brothers in 10th. Um, yeah, so far the records are 3 and 1, 3 and 1, 3 and 1, 3 and 1. So that first place spot can be taken over very easily next week. Uh, obviously, the person who gets at the top spot is going to be the one with the most points. Then you've got Galus's Gents. I'm sorry, then you've got 2 and 2, 2 and 2, 2 and 2. And that's five, six, and seven. And then one and three is eight and nine. And then zero oh and four is forever the ten spot. Um, here's the sort of point that I guess I would uh, 
tell everybody to kind of keep an eye on, right? Points four, uh, 627 for Gab, 545 against. It's actually a healthy amount of points against. So his team is fighting tooth and nail every week to put those points up. So respectfully speaking, um, you know, he is he is making that fight. I will say that she did waiver a defense this week, which, like, I never say to do. The funny thing is I'm only upset about it because I was the 10th waiver spot and tried to waiver the defense that you picked up. So I think you're an asshole for doing that. I'm going to let it slide, and I think we're just going to dip right into these Week 5 predictions here. Um, so Week 5, I'm going to call this Rivalry Week for myself because I know that this is the guy that I talk to fantasy the most with on a daily basis. I wish he knew a little bit more about fantasy, uh, but he doesn't, so I typically have to take him to school, and I'm hoping that this upcoming week I'm taking him to school because it's Shaquille O'Peel and Jackie Daytona. Then you've got with Mind Bullets and Hans Molman. Camper Dude and Pontiac Bandits, uh, that'll be the matchup of the week for me. Then you've got Wakanda Forever and Galus's Gents, and then you've got This Is The Year and Blood Brothers. So we're we're now into the bye weeks, so people are going to have to be dropping some bench spots to hold their starters. Uh, this is where things get really interesting, especially with the Vampire. So I'm not giving tips and tricks this week. I'm sure you'll hear a few just like squeak out. Um, but for the most part... This is going to be about your matchups, and then we're going to go into that studs and duds segment segment where I'm talking about who has been a, a real difference maker for a team that maybe wasn't expected to be or maybe was expected to be. And then some absolute duds, some guys you drafted that you thought were going to do more than they have been doing. Um, there's some big names in that segment, so um, stick around because I, I really like to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Hey, by the way, Joe Mixon this week, he puts up 42 points and is the number one overall running back in week four after being... Very average through three weeks. So, hey, Joe, what? how are you? It's good to see you. Finally showed up. I appreciate that dramatically. Uh, let's go through. Let me take a sip of this beer here. A sip. I'm going to take a gulp of this beer here. Oh, delicious. Absolutely delicious. All right, so this week we've got This is the Year and Blood Brothers. Um, I'm going to be taking this is a year in this one. I'm only never going to take Blood Brothers unless it's like a bye week against a team that has a lot of injuries um, right now. So the problem for Blood Brothers is they're going to have to pick up a quarterback no matter what. And TJ Hawkerson is on bye. Um, uh, God, what's his name? That stupid Green Bay quarterback that nobody likes. So he shall, who shall not be named is uh, is on a bye this week. And then. Um, uh, Cam Newton is uh, obviously going to be out because of the COVID situation. So there's no quarterback for the team. They're going to have to pick somebody up, which means they got to drop somebody. On a team like this, I'm pretty sure they're going to be dropping somebody like uh, Armstead, who's just not going to be making a difference when they come back. But hey, Chase Edmonds. Uh, one thing I want to say about this team, Chase Edmonds looks like he is going to have a role in that offense. As we get to the studs and duds segment later, um, I'm going to talk about Kenyon Drake's a spoiler, but uh, I think Chase Edmonds is going to be a difference maker for that offense. So that could be could be scary coming up, but not this week, certainly. Give me Russell Wilson against no quarterback, OBJ coming off a high week here. i try to sell him high if I was Jake personally. Um, I don't think he does that sort of week again, but now that Nick Chubb's on IR, who knows? They might be leaning on OBJ a little bit more. So uh, not the best of matchups coming up this week, but you know it is certainly a matchup that we're going to keep our eyes on. Um, sorry, I, as I click through here, I noticed that I went back to week four. I was like, did I just name a matchup that just happened? But no. Anyway, so we've got Wakanda Forever and Galus' Gents. This is the next matchup of the week here. Um, you know, this one, this one, experts really have leaned heavily towards Andy, and I guess I'm going to do the same too. There's not, a, there's no buys on either team. Um, Mike Evans may not play this week. I would be surprised if that's going to be the case, but I don't really know what's going on with Mike Evans and his injury. Um, Assuming Mike Evans plays, I mean, he's out with an ankle injury, so that could be anything, and I don't know, you know, in terms of, like, having a wide receiver slot in, you're looking at A.J. Green. So let's, well, I want to hear Andy's confidence level. Maybe we can talk to Andy about that a little bit later and see if A.J. Green's going to be the guy that he can squeak in there. John Brown's also a good slot uh, for that position, too, um, in a pinch. You know, he's like that WR3 territory, so not the worst thing in the world. Um I just think that there's a little bit more swing in that favor. Mark Ingram has dropped so much in terms of where I view him as a running back. I think that I don't want anything to do with that backfield like we talked about even last week. Uh, Mel Gordon does look good, though. Um, they go against New England, and I th you know, he's RB16 on the week this week, so I wouldn't shy away from him, certainly. He's the guy with the job there, and 
Um, he's he's actually played really well this year. Uh, you know, he doesn't have. I mean, he he had one week where he had eight points, but aside from that, the touches are fifteen and up. And the game script where they lost in week three to Tampa Bay, he just wasn't needed. So um, he's got three rushing touchdowns, and he's also just got some good yardage. He's getting used. I was afraid that he wasn't going to get used. He's getting used. So um, Julio Jones may not play this week either. Uh, a little concerning uh, what's going on with that. He left last night's game with a hamstring injury and did not leave the locker room uh, in the second half. So, which was even more concerning, like why Calvin Ridley did nothing last night. The Falcons just look like a really bad football team. But they are a really bad football team. We know that they've lost to the Bears and uh, they, they lost to another team that they shouldn't have even the week before that in a heartbreaker. So, um yeah, I've taken uh, Wakanda Forever in that one. So I think Wakanda Forever is going to move up the ranks here a little bit. Uh, then we got Camper Dude and Pontiac Bandits. Obviously, that's uh, the matchup of the week. Like I said, for me, you got first and second place going at each other. Um, the only buy for the two teams is Matt Prater. So, uh, you know, no buys. Looks like starters are facing starters. I think that Ryan is banking on Mostert coming back in, but he's got Jarek McKinnon on the bench, so I don't think that's a big big deal. Noah Fant won't be playing. That's pretty much a certainty at this point, that he will be out. It's already been said that he's going to be out for a few weeks, so um, there's going to have to be a drop of somebody, probably that Denver defense that's sitting on the bench, and pick up a tight end there. And then uh, we don't know what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. I think week five he's supposed to be back, but I'm not sure what Adam Gase is doing with anybody. Um Mick had a couple of little injuries, too. I know Sonny Michelle dropped out. Austin Eckler is a huge one for him, so he's doubtful play. Austin Eckler's hamstring injury, he got jackknifed, and that's not how you want to see the hamstring injuries come to play. So this is a really big hamstring injury, and I would say that he's going to be done for at least six weeks from everything that I've heard. Um, six weeks is like the minimum he's going to be out. So I think fantasy relevance at this point, you're not going to see him until that latter half of the season. And it's a shame. You know, undrafted the guy who has really made a name for himself in the Chargers. I would love to see him play football this season, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. So, um, anyway, my pick for this week is actually going to be a surprise. It's going to be Mick. I think Mick's going to be able to take this one out. Um, if I think it's just going to be more of an upset than anything. Don't don't quote me on the fact that uh, I think the talent is more on Mick's team because it's obviously not, but I just think that Mick is going to sneak one out. And I think Ryan's going to go to 3-2. And I think Mick is going to be in first place. I'm hoping for that. I mean, who isn't hoping? I think even Ryan's secretly hoping that Mick goes in the first place in the league. Uh, the next matchup of the week is with Mind Bullets and uh, Hans Molman. Um, Hans Molman's got uh, nobody notable on bye. I think it's just Mason Crosby. Patrick Mahomes didn't look super spectacular last night, but he only threw 30 passes for 240 yards and two touchdowns. They win that game. They don't really need him to do much. This is my worry with Patrick Mahomes coming into the season. They just Kansas City is such a good, operable offense that I don't think that you need to pay so high into a guy that may not produce every week like that because of how big a victory or lead that they're going to have, and they want to conserve him to the postseason. So, um, but he has QB two on the week, and uh, I, I think that there's you know a little bit more in favor as far as points are right now. Though I will tell you, with Mind Bullets is projected to have 138 according to the ECR. And I've actually never seen an ECR agree so closely with a Yahoo projection. Yahoo at 140 and ECR at 138. Yeah, sorry, Jeff. I just don't think you have a chance in this one. I think Deshaun Watson may have a, a weird week. He's going to definitely have a weird week after the Bill O'Brien firing because that offense is going to be operating differently, um, which is something that I did want to try to talk about on the podcast today, but I just we're not going to have time or without it going super long, is uh, what's the impact for anybody on the Texans now that Bill O'Brien is gone? Uh, the quick thing that I will say is I think that you're going to see a difference in how that offense operates. They don't have the wide receiver targets. I think they're going to try to function things on the ground. Um, but who knows? I really don't – I don't even know who took over for, for them uh, in the interim. So I don't know if they're going to be rushing to make a coaching hiring or do a temporary coach for the year. Um, Zeke, Zeke has to have a huge game this week. They're playing against the Giants. I totally anticipate that it's going to be a case. Robert Woods is going to have a better game. Josh Jacobs is going to have a better game. I mean, better days ahead for a lot of these guys. Darren Waller against Kansas City. He's going to be that red zone target. So, yeah, I just think I think there's no chance in hell that, that Hans Molman's going to win Week 5. And uh, and then the last match of the week, my personal rivalry every year is, uh, you know, me against Peel. 
Uh, right now, ECR's got our game at 131 in my favor to 126. Yahoo's got it at 140 to 123. So you can see the things that I'm talking about here when I say there really is a big swing between what the experts say and what Yahoo says. Yahoo has experts, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying listening to one set of experts compared to all the experts that they take 100 different experts and rank them up there. Um, is different. Matt Ryan's played like shit. He's probably going to be looking to stream a uh, quarterback this week. You got DeAndre Hopkins against the Jets. Yes, please. Tyler Boyd's finally going to be sitting in my lineup on a pretty pretty regular basis. Even though he's going up against Baltimore, I like Tyler Boyd. Um, They're going to be playing from behind. AJ Green is totally falling on the radar there. T. Higgins has emerged. Talk about that later. Oh, Joe Mixon. He's finally here. Hey, uh, bouncing over to Peel's team, though. And then, obviously, James Robinson is James Robinson. I love that guy. Absolutely love that guy. Um, Antonio Gibson is is pretty awesome. Uh, Washington loves him, and it's obvious how they used him this week. So Antonio Gibson gets 13 for 46 and a touchdown, but he's also utilized in the passing game, too. So what I love is that he's got this 40-yard catch in the game that he breaks off, and um, he's just a good dude. He's just a good dude, especially if this was a dynasty league, he'd be a great hang. So Antonio Gibson, uh, good. Hopefully Evan Ingram does have a bounce back week. I don't know why they can't figure that offense out. I mean, they got to throw it to somebody. Shepard's out, Ingram's in. Like, come on, let's go. Get him going. Not this week, but maybe the week after. You know, Deontay Johnson is out of his uh, out of his protocol. He's back on. Um, so I, he, he's going to make a good flex spot. Um, looks like... So I watched the game with Tampa Bay, and I watched Ronald Jones, and I know uh, Peel played him last week, um, even in the loss. But um, he didn't look—he didn't look great with the runs that he had. I know the points were there, but he just didn't look great. He goes twenty for one hundred and eleven on the on the ground, no touchdowns, eighteen point eight fantasy points. Um, he caught six and nine targets for seventeen yards. I, I like the passing volume in that a, a lot. I really do. I just think with the way that he looked and what that can when you think about that in a fantasy game right so he's got 20 rushes 111 yards and then he has six you know caught passes of 11 targets you're like or nine targets you're like that guy should have a big game well 18.8 points isn't really a big game um yeah and he didn't look impressive on the ground personally i i was rooting for ronald jones to to have a better year but he's just not so i think it's time to move on from ronald jones put him on your bench See what happens at that backfield. Again, I don't want anything to do with that backfield because I don't think they know what they're doing. Like Keyshawn Vaughn had a role this weekend too. Uh, LaShawn McCoy did not, but LaShawn McCoy is still there too. I mean, I think his his goose is cooked. But um, So yeah, that's the matchups coming up for this week. Uh, our week five here as we get to a little bit more towards midseason here. Um, what I want to do is go over some studs and duds for each team. We'll start out with myself and then we'll eventually make it into the segment with Andy here. Um, starting out with a stud on my team, um, I really want to go with Hopkins, but I'm not going to. We know what Hopkins was before this. We aren't surprised that he was having a good... I mean, we were a little bit, but um, it's got to be James Robinson for me, right? This guy, undrafted rookie, no one expected him to do much. The job was supposed to go to Armstead, who gets COVID and then put to the side uh, for a couple of weeks. And then James Robinson comes out of basically nowhere on anyone's radar and the first week he sees 16 touches it's not a great fantasy week week one but he has climbed ever since so he he sits in that rb2 maybe like flex territory in the you know the 10-man league that we're in but he looks good if you watch him run he can't cut for shit but my god he he is a straight up baller when it comes to just running between the tackles and knocking people down and i love that style of run as far as the bus go on this this team um, you know, personally, I would say that Matt Ryan has been my biggest bust of the year, but that's hard to say, uh, just because I, you know, the last two games were bad. The first two games were good and a little bit good. Uh, you know, what? I'll switch it. Look, I'm going to go with Zach Gertz. I expected a lot more out of Zach Gertz. I drafted him high. He hasn't gotten anything more than 14 points. He's seeing the targets. He's got one touchdown in the year. He just doesn't look like he's going to be having a great year. And Philadelphia is a mess. I, that offense... You know, every year I always hear, oh, you know, Carson Wentz is going to have a better year. He's finally got receivers, this, this, and that. And then it's always like, oh, injuries are going to plague that offensive core. Then they do. Deshaun Jackson's out. Uh, you know, it's just one thing after another. And uh, Zach Ertz should be doing more, and he's not. 
I think a little bit of that has to do with age. I think maybe some of that has to do with the fact that he's upset about how the contract has gone. So, um, moving on to Brett's team, who's the biggest baller on the team? It's got to be, you know, shoot. I mean, Zeke, right? Like, I, I want to be able to say there's a sneaky play in here, but he, he's just drafted so not middle of the pack. There's a lot of depth in this team, and rightfully so. With a vampire year, like, if you lose somebody, you kind of want a next man up mentality. And with the injuries that have happened, it's good to have the kind of depth that Brett has had. Um, so, yeah, I would say Zeke is just has to be that guy. I don't think there's any standout breakout performance from somebody that, you know, knocked their way into that lineup, um, you know, without the expectation of them doing what they do. But I will say that I think the biggest bust of the year my personal biggest bust has been Todd Gurley. I think you maybe looked for Gurley to do a little bit more than that. It's not like he's having a bad year. I just, he doesn't look good on the field. And then, you know, it's translating to more fantasy points. So if you don't want to take that one, I would say Godwin, but that's all injury related. It's just, there's no, there's no real true dud on this team. Gurley being the only guy that I would maybe have anticipated to, to do a little bit more consistency. And then, uh, you know, if you watched the game last night, the touchdowns and the usage that he got was peculiar. Like, he should never have gotten that kind of usage. He just, he did. They were playing from behind. They were still handing the ball off to him. So, it's almost like they checked out. Um, Camper Dude, who's the biggest baller on that team? Well, it's got to be Allen Robinson, right? I mean, with the Bears being as, as shitty as they are, Allen Robinson is still putting up points. Um, and he is averaged close to, you know, 10 points or 10 targets a game. And in week three against Atlanta, he had 13. He caught 10 for 123 in a touchdown. So he looks good, too. He looks good. He looks healthy. He's running his routes well like he always does. I think Allen Robinson's a good play. He's he's not a surprise, um, but he certainly has been balling out. I would tell you Chris Carson, I think, maybe has the biggest stud year. Uh, Chris Carson is always that guy that gets, like, ignored in drafts and then puts up some really respectable numbers. It's the same thing with... Um, you know, uh, Derrick Henry, you know, we just kind of ignore Derrick Henry because he's not going to get used in the passing game, but he gets 27 rushes a game, so, you know, who are we kidding? Uh, Chris Carson's sort of that same guy. Um, you know, Kittle is what Kittle is. Uh, I think in terms of duds, though, T.Y. Hilton has got to be the biggest dud on the team. Dude, T.Y. Hilton was so good a few years ago, but that's a few years ago, and fantasy doesn't base things off of 2016. So uh, he, he the most targets he's seen under Philip Rivers has been nine in week one, and that was when they lost to Jacksonville, which is very weird that they lost to Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew looked good in that game, and then he's seen five and three targets respectively throughout the next couple of games. He just he hasn't broken 53 yards in the season, and he doesn't have a touchdown. So he's on pace for like 700 yards, no touchdowns, and maybe like 66 targets. So I just I don't think it's going to happen for T.Y. Hilton this year. I'm not sure he's droppable because he still is the top target on the team, but in a Phillip Rivers offense that clearly wants to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor, yeah, he's not the guy. Uh, moving on to Blood Brothers, I think the biggest baller in this team is uh, Jamison Crowder, right? Even with the health issue of being out for a week or, or two weeks here, he comes right back in and puts up. He's just getting targeted. The Jets play from behind all the time, and uh, 10 targets is great. Catching seven's even better. And then going over 100. He doesn't have a game where he hasn't gone over 100 yards. It's, just, it's a small sample size. But that team is always going to be playing from behind. Le'Veon Bell is injured. And even when Le'Veon Bell is back, they're not going to be running the ball. Right now it's Frank Gore who's done nothing. Uh, and that offensive line isn't good enough to procure anything for a run game. So, yeah, Jamison Crowder is going to definitely be uh, that stud all year long. And then as far as biggest studs go, um, it's, it's tough. It's a team full of duds. I don't mean to be... I don't mean to be rude or anything here. Uh, you know, you could say, like, Aaron Rodgers has had a year, or Cam Newton's had a year, too. The only reason I didn't pick him is because you're rotating him, right? Uh, if, if that's somebody you're slotted every week, I'd get it. I'd say that person, but you're not. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, Preston Williams is probably the biggest dud. I had him doing a little bit more in Miami than he's been doing, but he he's just not. He You know how many catches he has in a year? Six. And he's been targeted well over that. He had seven targets week one, five in week two, two in week three, three in week four. So the usage has dropped. The The productivity has certainly dropped. He's got one touchdown all year, and then he's got a two-point conversion this, this previous weekend. But, yeah, I think Preston Williams is maybe getting close to being droppable. We'll see how he does this upcoming week. But I think he's certainly been a disappointment in the grand scheme of things. Um, and then moving on to uh, Shaquille O'Peel here, um, we've got – 
you know, I I personally like DK Metcalf as the guy, right? Dalvin Cook's doing what, what he's doing, but you DK Metcalf has he's on a team you want him to be on, right? Any receiver in Seattle is is in a good spot right now. Um, he hasn't gone under. 14 and a half fantasy points yet which is probably where you expect him usually i think you're going to put him as your wr2 uh he only does have four catches per game but here's the crazy part he not only converts that to be above 90 yards every time that that's happened he has a touchdown in three of his four games too so russ likes him in the red zone he's a tall target who can jump really high He's, he's sort of built like a tight end, but like a skinny, non-blocking version of a tight end, if that makes any sense. He's a route-running tight end, and uh, he's got the biggest vertical I, I have seen in a long time. So Metcalf is certainly a surprise. As far as duds go, I'd say Ronald Jones or maybe even Evan Ingram. Um, but we'll go with Ronald Jones. I think he drafted Ronald Jones to do more than he stood out to do. Um, but, yeah, quite frankly, it's just not been a situation where um, – He's done much of anything, you know. He, yeah, it just, I, that that backfield, we talked about this last week, it, it's super confusing. Um, you know, Ronald Jones is a guy, Ronald Jones is a guy, Ronald Jones is a guy. Okay, well, Ronald Jones ends up not being the guy. We're going to bring in Fournette because he gets cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. and um, The Jags only cut him because they didn't like his attitude, and they had another guy lined up to do the job. So, yeah, Ronald Jones just, not going to have the year unless there's some sort of an injury. And then uh, the last team is Galus Gents. Biggest baller in this team, the stud, is Josh Allen. Um, dude's been playing great. He clearly took a step up from last year. Not only is he passing for, on average, about 100 yards more per game, he's also getting like a rushing touchdown every game. And I think he's actually averaging a fair amount on the ground on a weekly basis. So he looks a little bit like a, a lesser version of Lamar Jackson did last year. Um, and that's that's great, you know. Um, I think that you have the expectation that when you draft a quarterback like that, even if you don't know who you're drafting and, and experts tell you to, to draft that person in the draft or pay a certain amount for him, that you get that sort of productivity. So I think uh, I, th- I think that's a good pickup. And then as far as the, the biggest disappointments of the year would be, it's it's got to be Mark Ingram, uh, right? He's three points a week one, 15, 3, 10. Uh, this is another backfield that can't figure it out. They've got they've got J.K. Dobbins back there, who's the more talented back, but Mark Ingram just has that seniority. And until an injury happens, which you know, knock on wood, it hopefully does not happen. Mark Ingram is going to hold this job, but Lamar Jackson already takes away from the floor there, which is kind of detrimental to running back play, especially in the red zone where you're expecting them to get you a touchdown. They're not going to be handing the ball off as much. So, I, I think that Mark Ingram is the bust on that team. Um, Okay, so now uh, we're going to move into this same segment, transitioning in with uh, with Andy. We had a lot of fun doing this. Hopefully the, the quality is good. Um, but on a weekly basis, like I said, I'd like to try to have somebody jump in and do the podcast with me. So without further ado, please enjoy the remaining segment with Andy. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> um. All right, well, so I guess for our first ever guest and um, somebody who doesn't know how to pick studs and duds, <laughs> we'll just we'll have, we'll have Andy kind of take away uh, what uh, what he wants to talk about here for our next segment, which is studs and duds. Andy wrote me a list for four teams, including his own. Um, Andy, you want to take it um, from the top? The first stud that I have from you is for your own team, so go ahead. Can you introduce me again? You want to be introduced again? Yeah. Okay. Start from the top? No, just introduce me again. Okay. You, you understand I'm not going to edit any of this. So this is all going to make it in. Correct. Oh, okay. This is... This again, is please. Yeah. The 2019 loser. The 2018 winner. You were the 2018 winner, right? I think so, yeah. I think you came in, yeah, you came in first in 2018. What place did you come in last year? Was it dead last? Fourth. No. Oh, was it fourth? Destroyed a third place game. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, for some reason I felt like you went from, like, total hero to zero within a year, but I'm just remembering that incorrectly. Not me. You lost to Mick in the playoffs? 
to Mick, yeah, I think that I don't. I think only maybe one of my guys broke single digits. It was the biggest egg my team laid all year. <laughs> it was just a, a pitiful performance. It uh, seems like such a wonderful week for that to happen too in week fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Well, with me today is Andy Jensen. Was that a good enough introduction for you? Thank you. Thank you. You, you're on the phone. Like, there's no way anyone's going to be able to decipher what you just did. <laughs> that was a, that was a pause. I think everyone heard it. Oh my god. Okay. Wonderful. Hey, so Thank now that now that you've gotten that out of your system, why don't you tell us uh, who you think <laughs> your team's biggest stud is, and then uh, we'll go from there. Because I disagree with you on who I think your biggest stud is, but I think we can both agree on who your biggest dud is. So my biggest stud, uh, I put Devin Singletary, not because necessarily he's my biggest stud. I just wanted to take this time that you're giving me to gloat about my pick, Devin Singletary. A lot of people doubted him. Uh, coming into the year, and I forgot how much I paid for him, but I got a very good deal on this. This kid is awesome. He almost never goes down after the first hit. He runs so hard. Um, I just, I love this dude. He's great. I'm just, just happy to have him on my team. So I just wanted to use this time to, uh, uh, to say that. Okay. Well, I would, I would, uh, I'd agree. His stat line was was nine for thirty in week one, and then ten for fifty six in week two. Week three, he was 13 for 71. And then week four, he finally went 18 for 55. Uh, and that was his biggest fantasy production week with 18 and a half points. My thing with Singletary is I think that uh, the quarterback there steals his play. I think he steals the touchdowns. Yeah. I think the red zone's not there. But he is consistent, I will give you that. If you're putting him in like an RB2 territory, right? That's where you think he is? Uh, yeah, I use him as my, my flex, so really RB3, I guess. So he has a good floor. It looks like his floor is like, what, 9 or 10 points? I mean, that's consistency yeah. at least. I don't think he's your stud. I think the stud on your team is pretty obvious, who just didn't happen to play this week because of the COVID. <laughs> oh, by the way, here, the biggest thing I wanted to say today before I forget was I'm, I'm super happy you could join me. I'm glad HIPAA laws allowed you to do this via telephone, so I appreciate that HIPAA laws were able to pass and get you on the podcast today. Dude, I was really worried about that coming into this, and it came down uh, to the, I mean, we were scheduled for 7 o'clock, came down to like 6.45, and they uh, they gave a thumbs up, so yeah, big thank you to uh, to HIPAA. Yeah, definitely appreciate that. Uh, for, your, for your stud, my pick's Derrick Henry, right? I mean, this one's of easy. Yeah. yeah, he averages over yeah. 106 yards per game. He's now actually seeing two to three targets a game too, and it just volume to me is king in fantasy. So I just you can't deny Derrick Henry's production from the stud category there. So uh, Dud, I think we both universally agree on for your team. You wanna bring that guy up? <laughs> yeah, I said AJ Green for this, and coming into this season too, a lot of the rankings had him, um, you know, lukewarm about him. Was oh, could he be the his usual AJ Green self, or will he just be, uh, will he be a little less than that? He just not only has he not played well, but a lot of what I've read too is in the um, off season he didn't do a lot of work on his own, like just kind of was a little bit lazy. And I uh, had quotes coming in this year saying, "Oh yeah, you know, just take me a few games to warm up." And it's just uh, very surprising that AJ Green has been uh, this big of a dud. Um, I've only seen one game the Bengals play, and it was that Thursday night game against the Browns, and and Burrow targets him a ton. He throws him the ball a lot. And he just, he just, he's nowhere near his old AJ Green self. Yeah, I, it's it's super surprising for me too because I I had AJ Green pretty high up there in terms of what my expectations for him were. Uh, just going over targets, week one he had nine. Then week two, he had 13. Yeah. Then week three, yep. he went to six and five. And the thing that's a problem for me with AJ Green is not so much, I mean, yeah, he has not looked good. He Of those nine targets in week one, he caught five. In week two, he caught three of those 13. I think that was the Cleveland game, right? I think so, yeah. And then, and then yeah. this week, he caught one of five. So, you know, he's not catching passes he should catch. But the concerning thing for me is... He hasn't gone over 51 yards all year. The volume is trending down. Tyler Boyd is starting to catch more passes and get targeted more. 
And now T. Higgins, their rookie, has stepped up these past two weeks. He's really stepped up. So I think A.J. Green is just going to kind of fade into the distance, which I don't like because A.J. Green is one of my, one of my favorite players of all time to watch. He's, he's a lot of fun. So that one, that one sucks. <laughs> that one definitely sucks. On that note, though, A.J. Green is on the trading block now. Um, he's an excellent receiver with uh, you know potential Hall of Famer. Um, so if anyone's interested, okay. um, you know, send, send me a proposal right away. Yeah, did you and, uh, did you mean stud so, A.J. Green or did you mean dud A.J. Yeah, Green? I, yeah, did you say dud? I, yeah. I said stud. Yeah. I meant stud. Yeah. Moving on, um, let's, let's go to Jake. I think Jake's got an interesting pick on your part and then an interesting one on my end. But I think, again, we kind of... We actually disagree with you on the dud pick for this one too. So we've got we've got a two four here. Uh, who's Jake Stud? So my stud I had for him was Latavius Murray, um, uh, because he has done a lot better than what his projected stats said he was going to do at the beginning of the year, and that didn't even include his game yesterday. And I think um, I need to pull it up, but I think he played really really well. Yeah, um, yesterday yesterday he four, went four, fourteen for sixty four yeah. and two touchdowns, so that's just over twenty one fantasy points. Um, I mean we knew Kamara obviously was gonna be great. Um and Russell Wilson's been his usual self, so I went with Latavius just because of the discrepancy between uh what is projected what he's projected to do and what he's actually done. Um and yeah. I think who there's a uh I mean, to be able to have that kind of production with, along with the best running back in the game, I mean, I I did not see that coming. Yeah, I so I, I don't disagree with you at all here. I actually think Latavius Murray's been a really solid pickup in the sort of like that steadfast consistency guy that you didn't expect to have. Week, week one, 15 rushes. Week two, three. Okay, so there's a drop-off there, but he's got more points in week two because he's got the passing volume reminding you that he is technically the satellite back there on third downs, even though they don't always use him that way. I mean, the Saints do whatever they want with any of their players at any given time. Um, Yeah, I mean, the stat line's not great for Latavius Murray, but I think he reminds us all that he's the best backup to own. If Kamara ever were to miss time, he'd be the guy that you would want because he can definitely do the job alone, right? Yeah, I would say, yeah, him or Kareem Hunt, and now we'll, we'll for sure find out about Kareem Hunt as Chubb went down. Yeah, I think we're, we're going to get to that as we get to, to Jeff here. For for me, for Jake, for studs, I think it's undeniably Russell Wilson, like you said. The guy goes 35 attempts for 31, 322 yards and four touchdowns in week one, and it's all uphill from there, except for this past week. And even when he has a bad game, he puts up 21.9 points. I mean, he's going to be the MVP this year, right? Like, he has to be the league's MVP. Not in fantasy, like NFL. He's going to be the MVP, right? Uh, definitely will be in, in the discussion, as he always is. Yeah. He, he always is. That's the thing. He always is in the discussion, and then for some reason, he's just not the guy. It's someone else. Just had that much better of a year. He, he was the MVP talk the year that Matt Ryan got MVP. Hmm. So that's how long they've been discussing if Russell Wilson should be the MVP, and he has never gotten it. He's like the Leonardo DiCaprio of football. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you remember when uh, uh, when he was getting the summer going into the draft coming out of Wisconsin? All the all the talking heads, all the pros, were like, oh, he's too short. He's too short. His yeah. hands are too small. This and that. And I remember thinking, and granted, I never played organized football, but I remember thinking. Too short, like aren't? I mean, I know the guys in NFL versus college are like bigger, stronger, heavier, but they's not taller. Like what? Right. What yeah. Is, oh, uh, he's gonna like the O line he goes or the D line he goes up against in college is up gonna. I bet you is about the same height as the D line he goes up against in the NFL. Yeah, I think and all those guys just he's, he's incredible. Yeah, it's funny because he has defied the expectation. <laughs> I mean, height does not equate to being a good quarterback. We can look to Mike Glennon for that because that guy has the neck of a giraffe and he can't throw over an <laughs> offensive line. So I don't, I don't think we need to talk about his He's spectacular. I mean, he is. He does things on his feet and in the air. I think every week I see him needle the thread into the end zone corner to one of his receivers. It doesn't even matter who it is at this point. He just gets it there. So... 
I think Russell Wilson is an absolute stud for Jake's team. Uh, Andy, who do you have for, for Jake's dud this year? For his dud, also, I just want to quickly mention, yeah, you got to needle that thread. Got to needle it. Oh, yeah. Um, for his bust, I put uh, I put Michael Gallup. Um, this guy is on a team, and I, really you could put the whole Dallas team for, for bust. Um, <laughs> you know, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he just, like the rest of Dallas, he's just, just a bust. He just hasn't <laughs> done nearly what he's supposed to be doing on a team that's supposed to be this great offensive power with a great quarterback and a great running back, and he just he hasn't done much. Yeah, he's he's got one touchdown on the year, and he's really had one game where he blew up. But even in that one game, he saw under 10 targets. Um, they just happened to go up for 138 yards and a touchdown, so... My thing in fantasy, the trick that I try to give everybody is like avoid the chasing the touchdown aspect of a player, right? When they have big weeks, okay, well, how much of their big week was touchdowns? Okay, how much of the rest of it was reliable production? And I, right. I definitely agree with you. I don't think Michael Gallup has that right now to back up on. Because Dallas also has C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and Zeke. And, yeah. you know, it's just there's a lot of mouths to feed there. So I, I definitely agree with you. I, I would have picked Gallup. I actually think Mark Andrews is the bigger bust on Jake's team, the bigger dud. What? Why? I know. Yeah, so here's the thing. And don't kill the messenger. I, I, the tight end position is so few and far between. But for what you paid for, for Mark Andrews, I don't think you're quite getting it. Yes, he had 22 points in week one, and he had 20 points his following game. But listen to this. In weeks two and three yeah. against a cushier matchup, he had three targets and one catch for 29 yards. Then he had eight targets for three and 22. So it's just, that's a big offense to be a part of. And Mark Andrews just seems like he's either going to get you all the points or he's going to get you none of the points. And that's why I think for what you paid for him, this isn't what your expectation was. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, just he loves looking to Andrews in the red zone, though, and that's why he's getting those big those big points it's um i mean like you said you can't rely on on guys for looking at their stats for big weeks and you want to look at rely reliable production right um, but he's a guy that that gets targeted in the red zone a lot he, he tore me up this week yeah i know he did <laughs> he he also tore me up in another league but we don't talk about other leagues in on this podcast here the the thing um, with mark andrews i um, just think i just think that there's there's so much ability there for him to be more consistent on that team. I don't know who the top target would be, maybe aside from him. I just expect a little bit more consistency from that position for what you paid for to get that guy. He was the number three tight end yeah. off the board. You got to remember. I mean, he was he was after Kelsey and Kittle. So you, you yeah. Don't, yeah, you're not expecting to get a three and then a five. And then, you know, he's averaging about 12 points a game, which I guess isn't really bad from like a tight end perspective, but yeah, I just expect a little bit more. All right, so let's move on to Gav. Uh, I don't want to move on to Gav, but let's move on to Gav because... I can't stand that guy. <laughs> yeah, this is a team that's pretty stacked. Uh, who do you have for stud? I, I actually like your stud pick, although I uh, um, would disagree with you because I think there's one more studly player on that team that's really just done it. But who, who did you pick for stud to, uh, for Gav? Uh, for Gav, I that I picked uh, Pontiac Bandits. I picked uh, his whole damn team. Yeah. That has averaged, uh, oh, actually, I thought it was 180. I'm looking at it now. 176 points a week through the first three weeks, which I think has to be a Kraft jackpot record. It might be. Um, his competition hasn't even, not even close, but week four finally now. Um, it's, it looks like it's going to come down to some Monday night football, but it, it, you could still win. It's very close, but the previous three weeks, I mean, it wasn't even a. Uh, not even a contest. Um, yeah, I guess no, I guess I, we I, I guess we should say real quick that for the record we are recording this on Monday night at seven o'clock, so we don't know the week the week's winners. There's still a couple major yeah. players that haven't gone yet. Uh, but for Gabs, boom, I picked. If I have to narrow it down to one, uh, I picked Jarek McKinnon um, because he has just been he dude tore the ACL. What was that two years ago? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he is just. This season, he has uh, he's been great for someone that just tore their ACL two years ago. Um, put up, Gab actually had him on his bench this week, and he still put up twenty three points. 
Duke, Duke, he's not his old self. You can see when you watch him run, he's not his old self, but he's still... I, I gave him a boom for the nice, nice comeback. Nice comeback. Yeah, I like this one a lot, actually. Um, it's no secret that I want almost anything to do with any running back that's on a Kyle Shanahan offense. I mean, I don't even care if I'll take, like, the second or third guy. Um, but you're right. Like, Jarek McKinnon doesn't stay on that team for two years after blowing his ACL out and and uh, Shanahan not have plans for him to get used. So I, I absolutely think McKinnon is one of those guys that, you're right, could could really win you a league if he stays consistent. I'm worried about when Mostert comes back because I think they really do like Mostert a lot there. They just paid him to stick around, and he is talented. But it'll be interesting. I think McKinnon's still going to be, you know, maybe 8 to 12 touches a game and then a few a few catches. You disagree? No. <laughs> yeah, my stud for Gav was Calvin Ridley. He's gone he's gone uh, over 100 yards in his first 3 games. He's gotten four touchdowns. I mean, he's gotten four touchdowns. He's on pace for such a huge year. Um you're, you're talking about a guy, too, that's on a team with Julio Jones. You would never expect to see the second target on a team averaging over 10 targets per game, but he is. So I just think for the amount that he was, that people paid into him for what you're getting out of him is phenomenal. He he could finish as a top five wide receiver with with relative ease throughout the rest of the year. He might even finish top three, honestly. He, he's, he might finish. If you were drafting today, Andy, would you go Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I need to see the stats. I don't know it that well. I mean, either one, though, both those guys are just so consistent every year. They're always one of the best in the league. Yeah. Calvin Ridley is in his sophomore year, but I think he turned it up towards the end of the year last year, especially. Uh, let's move on to Dud, and I don't need to comment much more on this one other than what you, I'll, I'll kind of pitch in here because I agree with you, this is the biggest dud on his team uh, I just put Le'Veon even though he's injured, um, also I just wanted to put Le'Veon as a bust because he was uh, he held out what was that two years ago and screwed over everyone in fantasy so just wanted to let it be known in the fantasy world that Le'Veon you are a bust um, but that's really, I don't know who else you'd pick on Gav's team because so far everyone has just been, I mean, maybe Galladay, but he was—he's been injured too, right? So that's not really fair. Um, yeah, I'd agree. So with yeah, you. I, I went with Le'Veon. Yeah, I'd agree with you here. He went six for fourteen in in week one. Uh, that's not a lot of yards per carry, obviously, but and then gets injured. But my big thing is, if you're wearing green in New York, you're not good. If you're wearing blue in New York, you're not good either. I mean, New York teams just suck this year, and Adam Gase is going to make you worse. So. Like, give me nothing of it. I don't want anything to do with it. Unless your name is... Good rule of thumb. Yeah, unless your name's Jamison Crowder. He's like the only person in New York that I'd want anything to do with right now on any team. Uh, yeah. All right, m- moving into your, your last pick of uh, studs and duds, we've got Jeff's team. So um, who's who's your biggest stud for Jeff? Uh, for Jeff, I said it was uh, the owner. Jeff Thomas himself. Definitely been the... Uh, the biggest surprise this season so far, and uh, maybe in all of fantasy, but certainly in Kraft's jackpot. Jeff, every every fantasy league's got a Jeff, right? Someone that usually doesn't pay attention. You maybe will fill out. It will notice at uh, you know eleven fifty seven a.m. Oh, I've I've got missing spots. I need to fill these in real quick. And then towards the end of the year, pretty much never fills out his lineup. And I always wonder, I'm like, what what's it going to take for Jeff to pay attention in fantasy? And now we know. He just has to be undefeated. He's just got to be 3-0. and And that'll, that'll get Jeff to pay attention. Will will things change this week for Jeff as it looks like right now when we're recording this, he's going to lose week four to me? Yeah, it looks like yeah, you've got him, got him pretty good. What is it? you got like 98%? Yeah. 90, a, 99% chance to win. It's a good margin the, lead. I, Joe Mixon actually decided to put Fortnite down and show up on the football field, so... I think no. I think Jeff will still will still pay attention. Um, but yeah, he's just making trade proposals. He's uh, he's initiating group text, to, uh, talking about rules. And, wait, wait a second. Uh, Jeff is making trade proposals. What what trade has he offered you? 
Um, let's see, what did he offer me? He offered me, um, Leonard Fournette. Okay. And, um, man, it was, a was it a receiver? Okay. One of his receivers. Was it a fair, was, was it a fair trade? You just didn't want to do it? No, or? no. Okay. No, I rejected it. <laughs> so, um, it was not a fair trade. Fact, though, I was. I actually really wanted Leonard Fournette from Jeff. One, uh, Fournette got cut by Jacksonville. I was willing to roll the dice. I didn't know who was going to pick him up yet. But I really wanted Leonard Fournette. Offered Jeff some good guys. He said, no, we wanted Leonard. Now, Fournette is, um, yeah, he's wasn't in- playing great. Now he's injured. Yeah, and I think Ronald Jones looks like he could take that job. But don't forget, LaShawn McCoy is also in that backfield, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, all right. So aside from aside from the owner Jeff, do you have a player that might be a stud for Jeff? Um. No, I'll let you take that. I'm just going with owner Jeff Thomas. Yeah. So I I mean you did write down Kareem Hunt, but I, ironically enough, I would agree with that Kareem Hunt pick. Um, right now we just learned today that Nick Chubb is going to go on IR, so his year's done. It looks like um, with the injury that he has. So Kareem Hunt's going to take that job, I think, in full. But even without Nick Chubb, he was 13, 10, 16, and 11. Those are his attempts week in and week out. And then, depending on game script, he was always going to be involved, right? Um, And he he kind of made a mark. He had 12 points week one, then 24, then 14, and 19. And 19 after Chubb went out. So, yeah, so now Kareem Hunt's just going to run that backfield. Cleveland... You're a Cleveland guy, too. I mean, you would agree with this, right? Cleveland wants to run the football this year. They don't want to pass it. They want to run it. Yeah, they two weeks ago, they. I mean, how many rushing yards did they have? I mean, it was like 300-something yards, and then this past week, too, same deal. Um, it wasn't just Hunt getting carries, but then their third-string guy, too, he ran really well. Then they even handed the ball off to Odell. He yeah, well. yeah, I was going to say, it was like they were spreading the love because Odell got some rushing touchdown love there, too. Um, but yeah, Kareem Hunt is now going to be a um, an excellent, excellent play each week. Yeah, um, I would trade him if I were you. I think I would trade him for AJ Green straight up. A stud, um, a stud mean, for a stud, AJ right? AJ Green's probably a little better. It's not totally fair, but I, I mean, if Jeff throws it my way, I'd consider it. I'd consider it. I mean, we know the targets are there for AJ Green, right? Absolutely, and I mean, those those got to catch up to him at some point. It's a numbers yeah. game. Yeah, he's been in the NFL for too long to be that bad. So I would I would take that trade any day of the week. But unfortunately, I don't have either player. Um, I guess you would kind of say, unfortunately, you don't have either uh, this next player. The the, the dud for you uh, is, is whom? I said Miles Sanders. Are you confident about calling this guy a dud? Um... Well, I believe your question was, who are the studs and duds through four weeks? Or maybe we'll say three and a half weeks because we haven't had the Monday night football game yet. Yep, that was so, the question, yep. So through the season to date, yes, he's, he's my bust on Jeff's team. I'm, I'm interested. What's your justification for that? Um, really, it was just uh, looking at, uh, he was projected to be, I'm looking at now, the 33rd pro- Expected to be 33rd ranked player in the league, and uh, actual. And this would these rankings would be through three weeks. As um, like you said, this was being recorded on a Monday, and uh, his actual rank is 109. So three times worse than what he was supposed to be. Sure. Yeah, I mean, this past week he got 9.6 points, which is his lowest if you're not counting week one where he was injured and didn't play. Um, but what you have to realize about Miles Sanders is they're going up the 49ers. Uh, they were up against the 49ers, I should say. And the 49ers are injured across the board. They, they lost some of their DBs and they lost the linebackers, but their front line on the defense is still completely intact, and that's what the running back is first going to hit. So um, I'm also just not convinced that Philadelphia needed to play the football game with the running back this past week, although they suck all together. So it's like I think they want to operate the offense – through Miles Sanders, so I would disagree with you that he would be my dud for for Jeff's team. Let's see if you agree with me on this one at least. I think Kenyon Drake's his biggest bust of the year. You you draft you drafted him as your RB one overall. You you paid fifty or forty something dollars for him, and he has not put up a week with over fourteen and a half points. 
He has, he, yeah, he has. He's not being used in the passing game, um, especially with DeAndre Hopkins averaging over twelve targets a game. He has one touchdown through four games, and Kyler Murray is snaking some of his rushing touchdowns too. I just think I think Drake is the bigger bust of those two. I'd agree with you that Miles Sanders is not having the year he's supposed to, but I think Drake is really hurting Jeff's team right now. Uh, Montgomery could be uh, another guy too. He's uh, especially I mean, yesterday at Woody run for like twenty yards. Yeah, uh, I know Jeff always likes to have a Chicago guy on his team, but ooh, Montgomery. Yeah, I think with Montgomery too. I think with like you, 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 you figure he's going to be like what a low end RB two, maybe flex play, right? And that's yeah. where Jeff's got him yep. at. So I think more in line with what Jeff's probably thinking was that he was already going to be in that position with him anyway, and then maybe just flex him out week to week based on the matchup. But, yeah, the Bears got to get their running game going now. And you would think now, too, with, like, Tariq Cohen being out, that Montgomery's going to get used more. I just, I don't know. And with Nick Foles coming in like he did on that first full game, you would kind of think Montgomery would have gotten the lion's share of work, but he didn't. Yeah. Uh, little thump and dinks. Yeah, they love that play. That game sucked. That game sucked so much. <laughs> what is going on with the Bears now? Um, you know, they should be zero and four. We have to remember that they should have been zero and three going into this week anyway. So we have to um, we have to remember that and that they're not nearly. They're probably one of the worst three and zero teams ever. Um, but even then, when watching the game, you back on I'm thinking, well, the Bears love a good comeback, and then it just never happened against the Colts defense just stifled them I mean they were just yeah they're good um, they're really good on defense I think also, how much do you hate Philip Rivers that dude doesn't shut the hell up oh my god stand him. don't say hell Philip Rivers would never curse Andy no no <laughs> I, the frustrating part, the, the frustrating part for me with the Bears um, is all year I feel like I've only ever seen them play four quarters in total they only show up for one of four quarters every single game. They do. They just don't play. And they have, like, no points on the year. They're not scoring touchdowns. Anthony Miller is is disappointing for some reason. This Mooney guy is good. Um, we need to start moving on from Anthony Miller because he's not, he's not producing. Um, Nick Foles didn't look great. The offensive line looked fine enough for Foles to do something yeah. and it just didn't happen. I don't I don't know what to make of the Bears offense and I finally heard Khalil Mack's name the other day for the first time. That was nice. That was nice. And I did you hear his name when the announcer said he dropped one of the easiest interceptions you could possibly get? Yeah, that's what that I was referring to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good that, one. that ball was in his hand. You have to come down with that cuz that could change the course of the game right there, especially with as low scoring as it was? There was no one near him either, so it wasn't like he was afraid he was going to get hit. Not that Mac would be afraid anyway. He's the man. No, um, right. But, I mean, that, it, I mean, that was gift-wrapped with... Uh, it doesn't get easier than that. <laughs> no, I, I would agree. Um, all right, so there, there's the studs and duds. I'm going to have the rest of the list, and I'm going to go through the rest of the list on my own because I really don't want you to make fun of my team. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of your team, how's it feel? You're gonna get your first win. What's the? What, how are you gonna celebrate? What are you gonna do? I am not counting my uh, eggs before they hatch, Andy. I have to get through tonight before I start celebrating. Um, You're projected to beat him by about forty points, Andy. So unless unless Mason Crosby just has a day, yeah, but he's got Patrick Mahomes <laughs> on his team. Yard field goals. <laughs> look, if Patrick Mahomes puts up a clinic tonight and. Matt Ryan gets injured. It's totally possible Jeff beats me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, All right. How if you do get your first win of the season, Mr. Daytona? How will you celebrate? Look, I there's going to be some liquor and some hookers <laughs> involved. I I don't know in what order, but it's it's going to get pretty wild around here because I I definitely need it. I uh, I'm not happy with the the football season. Joe Mixon finally deciding to show up changes some some things for me so um I, yeah i don't know <laughs> it wasn't supposed drink, to be like this the good stuff go with the crown reserve if you had it delicious i don't somebody drank it all and i i just don't oh. purchase it anymore after that 
Well, then it must be good if it went all gone. Yeah, I, I hit it and it was found and then it was gone. It was just oh, gone. That's, that's a shame. Just a shame. Hey, on that note, thanks for being the uh, the first guest in the Crap Jackpot Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, it was it was an honor to to be on the podcast with our own three commissioner. Yeah, it really we, was. We'd like to. Well, your uh, your commissioner is the only two time winner, so let's let's show him some respect. Uh, you know, let's. let's uh, I live in the present. I live in the present. I have more wins under my belt than losses, Andy. I will not lose this argument. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bud. Thanks for coming uh, on. I appreciate it. Glad to, glad to be the first guest on the show, and uh, uh, Wakanda forever. <laughs>